Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders! Sprinkle some pixie dust around, grab your happiest thought, and then you know what happens next? Are we off to Neverland? Yay! We will fly! Yes, and looky, Pixie Heather's actually here! Hello! Yeah, you've been. I thought you were going to be able to be with me more often, but it hasn't worked out that way. Well, teacher's know, life. Teacher's life, exactly. Teacher's life. But this is a, a kind of special sort of episode uh, because this one we're recording it actually on September the 11th, mm-hmm. 15 years to the day uh, of the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon by use of commercial airplanes. Uh, I don't even want to go through the numbers of people that were killed. Uh, it was almost 3,000. Yeah, it was. Well, thanks for bringing up, making it worse. No, I've just been seeing I mean, the number. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to really get into it, but I guess we just did. Uh, but, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. All right, Debbie Downer. Uh, I did want to, though, thought it would be interesting to kind of just talk a little bit what we remember of where we were at that day, uh, briefly, uh, just to kind of memorialize. And then we'll get on to positive things, because we're a happy show. Yes. So, that's the idea. We're pixie dust. But, uh... I remember I was working in Kansas City Life Insurance on that day, and I remember I, the, the main thing is I was listening to the radio that I remember. And uh, we had heard that a plane had crashed into the World Trade Center. And I, even in my head and even from what the uh, the announcers were saying, they were just kind of figured it must have been somebody in a private plane who was just lost control and killed himself and, you know, didn't think it was a big deal. Then all of a sudden, everybody panics because suddenly a report comes rushing in. It's like, oh, my gosh, a second plane just hit the other tower. And that's, we knew, oh, well, wait a minute, this is all wrong. And the, the floor I was on, the department I was in, just kind of went a little bit nuts. And everything's, oh my gosh, did you hear what's going on? And everything's, you know, but hearing it different ways. And we had a TV in one of the meeting rooms that we turned on, and then nobody was getting any work done. We were just watching it all happen. 
Uh, just, yeah, it was, and people commented, I guess it's just uh, our age, yeah, people commented that this, this looks like something you'd see in a movie, it doesn't feel like real life, but yet, yet we're watching it, and we know it's real, and uh, it just changed everything. Yep. Where oh. were you? Well, I was still in college, and I was actually helping um, a professor with a freshman biology class, and he had happened to leave the room uh, to check on something, he came back. And when he came back, he told me that the Pentagon had been bombed. And well, not bombed, but well, hit. that's what he that's said. What he that's what he said. That was the first thing that I had heard. And so I was kind of like, really? No, that can't be. So after we got done with class, because it was almost at the end, I went up to the chemistry floor, which is where the uh, computer lab is. And as I'm sitting there um, with the projector, they're projecting news on the big screen there. And uh, that's when I learned that, no, it wasn't a bombing. It was airplanes. And someone, you know, uh, had, you know, was crashing them into not just the Pentagon, but into the towers. And so, you know, I watched it there, like, live everything, you know, from the point of, I think, the second plane. I think I got to see the second plane go in. And then... Um, they were inside the building before they pulled it out, and then uh, that was the worst, and I'm not going to go into yeah, what we, part was the worst, but... We, we don't want to get too uh, far that particular too footage, down. That particular footage bothered me yeah. um, the most, and then, uh, then of course, the, the after it fell. I don't even remember how long I sat there and watched it. Um, that whole day, like you said, was just one of disbelief, you know, um, and uh, so... But to, right, to twist it to a more positive, uh, I mean, we do want to definitely remember all of the, the like firefighters, policemen, everybody who stepped in to and the rescue efforts, and then digging Citizens people out of the rebel, yeah. people who stepped up, mm-hmm. uh, and all of you, the families. If you're any of you families are listening, who you've lost somebody in that, we want to remember you and say our prayers are with you in this time. That you know, 15 years, but you, I don't think you get over this. You know, no, it's, it's going to be don't. part of your life. I kind of hope we don't ever, because if we get over it, so to speak, then I think we may have forgotten. Yeah. And uh, heck, as a school bus driver, I had, you know, it, it, this is something that will make you think. I mean, I had little kids that didn't live through it, but they asked me questions about it last year. Uh, so, you know, I definitely don't think I'd want to show the footage to the kids. But, you know, be prepared to talk about it. And, uh, and but, but just, you know, thoughts and prayers are with all, all of you. Uh, uh, public safety workers, be you firefighters and ambulance drivers, all of you that serve your communities, we think of you all the time and we thank you all for your service, not just the ones in New York, but all around the country for every day what you do. So, yep, thank uh, you. So, put a positive spin on it. You know, we, and thanks and great to our military who yep. uh, has to go with beck and call for anything where we, we feel our uh, like freedom is threatened around the world and we send you off there. Thank you for what you do. If any of you out there are listening, hey, I'd like to hear from you. If you're in military, service right now somewhere and you are you're listening uh I, I, that just makes me feel good just to think you might be listening um but uh uh let's do something fun a little bit more uh i think we have some great news that's gonna be really fun Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. This is Gary Gnu, and a no Gnu's is good Gnu show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to contain no Gnu's whatsoever. 
Neverland news from the Disney parks. Alrighty. We, we, we got a lot of park news. Okay. Yep. You know it's Halloween's coming, right? Yes, of course. Well, the parks, of course, get started early. Yep, they do. And we already mentioned last week that Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom, they started all their activities. Disneyland started this week. And, I mean, one of the first things I saw is they were going to have this. Uh, it's a mug. It's a tiki mug, but it's like the, the hitchhiking ghost heads tiki mug. And lines have been crazy for it. Lost Boy Eric was going in there. If I'd have known he was going, I would have tried to find a way to send him money and say, please get me a mug. Yeah. But I, you know, I didn't know. I, but uh, yeah, Eric went to go check it out. Uh, we'll have some audio probably we'll be sharing in October uh, when he comes back. I hope he did get to ride everything because lines were crazy at the Haunted Mansion Holiday. I imagine so. Yep. Because the Haunted Mansion Holiday uh, actually has something new. Sally is in the graveyard. Yay. Yeah, I showed you the picture. Why was she ever missing from the graveyard? Is my question. Well, I, I believe she was always there at the very end and, and replaced with the like the the uh, the little miniature bride. Okay. That, well, that was in Walt Disney World, uh, but that they have the miniature bride. But uh, uh, on the audio that I have, you hear someone go, uh, telling Jack to hurry back, hurry mm-hmm. back. And I thought maybe that was supposed to have been Sally. Now I don't know. I've never seen it. I never got to ride it this okay. way. But you know, somebody let me know. I thought Sally was always kind of there, maybe in miniature form. But now we have, and this is adorable, I've seen some videos, because you know how Jack Skellington, and he's there, and plays with the caretaker of Zero, is now the dog. And he's wishing everybody a Merry Christmas as they come by, and isn't this wonderful what I've done? Ho, 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 Have you been good? You know, just a lot of fun stuff. But you go down a little bit, and there's Sally kind of leaning with her hands, and just looking and blinking nicely at him. I was like, oh, how cute. It's too bad they didn't let her, you know, give her, maybe she could sing along with the graveyard, but... Oh, that's great. You know, getting Sally in there. I love that. There's a lot of other fun stuff going on uh, around there. Ghost Galaxy is back at Space Mountain. Uh, you know what this actually means, though? What? Well, they have been doing Hyperspace Mountain for Star Wars, and it was this really cool thing. Yeah? It's gone now because now it's Ghost oh, Galaxy. Oh, no. But, no, but I mean, that's cool because Ghost Galaxy is cool. Uh, this is basically... Uh, Eric is going to try to ride that and bring us some audio with that, but this is where you're going into space, and this weird ghostly thing chases you around the entire time. <laughs> now to go back to the Star Wars. I don't thing. know. Oh. I have not oh. heard any plans to come back to Hyperspace Mountain. I would like to have seen it before it shut down, but you know, I'm, we're, we're not going to get anywhere near Disneyland until at least I've finished school and get a better job. So I hope at some point they, you know, they bring it back every once in a while and do it. Maybe have. You know, like special Star Wars month, and they do hyperspace galaxy. You know, I don't, it probably takes a lot to swap it out, but but Ghost Galaxy has returned, and it is a popular thing, and so I, you know, it's very cool that it's there. Maybe one of these days they'll start doing it in Walt Disney World as well. Uh, that would be really cool, but I guess they would have to do a few updates and things. Uh, there's going to be 17 total nights of Mickey's Halloween party that's going on until October 31st. Uh, so I, I believe it's mainly going to be like on weekends. But this is cool. This is I, I believe this is the first time Disneyland has done something like this because they've been doing Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party and Walt Disney World and Disneyland has I guess done some things for Halloween, of course. But now they've got a, an extra event. You have to pay extra. But the headless horseman is going to come running down Main Street. Wow, which yeah. is cool. Uh, which is part of the frightfully fun parade, a brand new parade, okay. and a brand new fireworks co- show called Hollywood Screams or Halloween Screams. Yeah, not Hollywood screams, but they're close to Hollywood, so Hollywood can scream if they want to. And of course, you get to go trick or treating. One of these days, we gotta go. Yeah, maybe one of these days. No. Yeah, one of these years, we gotta go because you, you. She's a Halloween person. I'm a Christmas person. So I yeah. like both, but. Well, yeah, I know, but you're a Halloween. Let's face it. I like fall. I yeah, like, you, know. you would have so much fun at this. So yeah, definitely. Um, 
And there are some specialty treats at each park, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to back up on another thing going on in Disneyland. Um, you, you've never gotten to ride the uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. On, I've never ridden anything. Yeah, at either park. You wouldn't have ridden it anyway because... Nope. And up and down, she's not down with it. And I keep telling her, oh, but it's, it's the free coolest fall. thing. I don't do free fall. It's I not free do... fall. It's faster than free fall. That, that, that makes it worse. But it's fun. Believe me. Okay, well, I'll she, take it from you. She doesn't know what she's missed. Uh, right. but, but, okay, so the Tower of Terror is going away in Disneyland, and it's going to become Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not shutting down, though, until January 2nd, but they're doing something special for for Halloween during all this. Okay. They're turning the lights out. <laughs> I see the look of, like, are you kidding me? Okay. Well, now, see, I don't know if that means only when you get to the up and down part of the ride... Because it's, it's pretty much in darkness except for lightning, lightning flashes and they open up the panel. But they're mainly doing it at night, so maybe opening up the panel. But they're doing it as a lights out thing. So does that mean they're not going to show any of the special floors or anything? Someone will ride this and let me know. But I wonder how much lights out it actually is. Mm-hmm. But you get to go up and down in complete darkness now is the idea. Okay. And uh, This still doesn't encourage me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but they're calling it the late checkout. And there's a photo op at the end after you've done it that they have a thing you stay there with your luggage as a late checkout. And I've seen some photos. Jeff Bayum of Nostalgia and Doom Buggies podcast has, of course, ridden this thing, and I, uh, he's posted his photo to Facebook. So, I mean, it would be worth it just for the fun. And as long as you get to see all the fun things along the ride, and then maybe just go up and down in the dark and they don't do the lightning flash or anything, that would still be fun to me. You know, that'd be kind of cool. But you yeah, just have to tell me head. how it is. Oh, well, I, I'm never going to get to do it. What, oh, well, no, you know, I don't know. Just somebody tell us to tell me how it is because I ain't going on it. She ain't doing it. Nope. Okay. There are, so I'm, and I just grabbed this from the Disney Parks blog, this list of treats. Okay. Uh, they're recommending some treats. Okay, so first, since we've been talking Disneyland, mm-hmm. they have, okay, at the Blue Bayou Restaurant, I'm going to read this directly. It says, Mickey's Halloween Party Dining Package. Uh, Pricks Fix. I don't know what that means, but it looks like Pricks Fix. Uh, but it's a menu. It's probably something in French or something. Prefix? Prefix? I don't know. Well, it's pricks, fricks. But anyways, but the menu, including your choice of a starter, entree, and dessert, in addition to reserve viewing for the new Frightfully Fun Parade. So, I, apparently you've got, like, seating, and you can watch the parade while you're eating your dinner. That might be fun. Uh, in the Cafe Orleans, there's grilled flat iron steak served with roasted garlic mashed potatoes, haricots vert. They're, what's all these weird words? Peppercorn cognac sauce. Yeah, her, I don't you know. Who knows? And then Carnation Cafe has blackened spicy chicken sandwich. Now, blackened, I guess they're burning the dickens out of it. Oh, it's just like, get a little bit of chart. It's not, like, totally burnt. Yeah. Now, looking at this picture, this, at the French Market Restaurant, this has got to be what it is. Cookies and cream mousse coffin cake. And we're looking at a picture of it. It's it's a little cake shaped like a coffin, and it's got icing, and it's got a little Sally head sticking out of it. That's kind of cute. Now, I wonder if they got, like, different heads, you know, making oh, fun yeah. of it. And it's, but it looks like it's being served in this little plate that has like a little skeleton hand holding like it or something. Yeah. So uh, they also have butterscotch beignets. I guess beignets. I have no idea what these are. Over at the Golden Hush, Horseshoe, you got ice cream nachos. Ice cream nachos? Uh, well, uh, uh, just thinking of it, instead of cheese, you have ice cream. And instead yeah. of chips, maybe you'd have like, you know, like ice cream cone bits. No, like no waffle wafers cone. or something like that. So that would be good yeah. to dip in ice cream. That's what I'm imagining. There's no photo of it, so I'm not sure exactly what that is. <laughs> but over at the Hungry Bear restaurant, there's a pulled pork dog. So it's basically a hot dog, but it's with pulled pork, I guess. And it's served with a toasted roll topped with barbecue pulled pork. Mm. Oh, it's a hot dog. And see, the pulled pork is on top of the hot dog. Ooh, and citrus slaw. Citrus slaw. Yeah, That's interesting. It's the South. you got to put slaw on your barbecue. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, pickled jalapenos, no. And fresh cilantro. 
And it looks like, you know, these pickled uh, jalapenos, they look a little charred, like they kind of grilled them a little bit. And then you get, it, looks, you get, it looks like you get some fries on the side. Apple pie funnel cake. Oh, yes. Apple pie funnel cake. Sign me the heck up. That sounds awesome. And then look at Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe. There's a Bat Mickey cookie. Pumpkin cheesecake. Oh, yes. Pumpkin muffin. Hello. Chocolate peanut butter whoopie pie. That might be what this picture is of. There's a cute little, uh, little, uh, it looks like kind a cheesecake. Little pumpkin cheesecake. cheesecake. Uh, it could be, it could be pumpkin cheesecake, but I love that chocolate peanut butter whoopie pie. <laughs> the name is just fun. Whoopie. Yes, whoopie pie. Maple cream brulee, a spiced bundt cake, caramel eclairs, holiday brownie, s'mores bar. Awesome. Chocolate hazelnut Mickey shaped French macaroon, corn chowder soup, and pumpkin spice latte. Oh look, there's a picture of the bad cookies that were Mickey faces. It's a little bad shaped cookie. And it's got, you know, chocolate on the top. There's some, like, orange icing. And it's got a Mickey face, and he's got, like, little orange fangs. Yeah. This is the cutest thing ever. And this is at the Market House, the Bat Mickey Cookie. Now, I think they said the Bat Mickey Cookie was also at the Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe. Yes. Uh, but I, I, it'd be too cute to eat almost. That's funny. Those are cute. <laughs> those are adorable. It's like a vampire Mickey Mouse. Uh, and so those are at the Market House as well. Then Maurice's Treats, they have a pumpkin twist. Ooh, that sounds good. I wish I was there. I would try these foods and tell you what, what I thought of them. Somebody try this stuff out and let us know. Uh, Rancho del Zocalo Restaurante. Uh, I'm probably saying that completely all kinds of wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, let you let you read some of these I'd, foods off. Uh, pork tamale and cheese enchilada. Pumpkin flan. Pumpkin flan. Although I feel like I'm reading the announcements at the beginning of school. Like, for lunch, <laughs> we are having... For lunch. Oh, my gosh. There are so many different special holiday treats going on at Disneyland. And we haven't even gotten into Walt Disney World. yeah. Uh, these are just even recommended. Uh, Red Rockets Pizza Port. There's a Supernova Pizza Special. Uh, it's basically stopped with pastrami, mustard oil, mozzarella, battered pickle chips, and a horseradish sauce. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, let's grab some of the specifics here. Stage Door Cafe, Bat Mickey Cookie. There let's go are. to, like, those, some really special things. So there's a Bat Mickey Cookie also at Award Wieners in the Disney California Adventure Park. And uh, Bayside Brews has a Carl Strauss Oktoberfest beer. There's Bat Mickey Cookies at the Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta. Anti-Vampire Chicken Pizza. Because it's got ro- garlic sauce. Yes, roasted garlic sauce, marinated chicken, smoked gouda, mozzarella, roasted red peppers, and tomato harissa sauce drizzle. I'm probably saying that completely all kinds of wrong. Uh, probably the wrong uh, accent, but that's okay. Oh, and Carthay Circle Restaurant is going to have a poison apple teeny. So oh. if you fall into a deep sleep, get somebody to kiss you. Uh, but we see a lot of pumpkin twists, Bat Mickey Cookies, chocolate pumpkin pie at Flo's VA Cafe. Mortimer's Market has pumpkin-shaped breads. Well, yeah, a lot of different, you know, pumpkin raisin bread puddings at the Pacific Wharf Cafe. Pumpkin-shaped breads. Bat Mickey cookies. That's a pumpkin oh. apple stuff. Yeah. Oh, caramel apple cider over at the coffee house at the Disneyland Hotel. Oh, is that a picture of your tiki mug? Oh, yeah, there's a picture of the tiki mug. Which is kind of cute. Which, over at Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bars, where you get these hitchhiking ghost tiki mug with specialty drink. This chilling challenge, limit two mugs per guest. Oh, I should have sent Eric to get me one. Since I'll send him money or something. Oh, that would have been great. But see how cute that is? I want one. Yeah, our mug our mug collection is rather large anyway. Well, I wouldn't actually. Oh, look at these. There are, I guess these are it's the gourmet, ca- gourmet candy available at Candy Kitchens. Trolley Treats. Uh, that's at the California Adventure Park, uh, Marceline's Confectionery in the downtown Disney District. But these are like little kind of lollipops that have... They look like Day of the Dead kind of Yeah, sort of Day of the Dead design, but they're Mickey heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are kind of fun. They got this stick coming out of the head of it instead of, you know, like you're supposed to eat it upside down like you're bobbing for an apple, I guess. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, a cute little kind of Halloween uh, 
thermal mug kind of thing, it looks like, that you could just take around the park and cap it. Uh, looks like it's a Mickey designs from the kind of newer cartoons. Uh, Halloween hot mug, that's what that would be. And of course, there's a zero popcorn bucket, a vampire Mickey popcorn bucket, and a, po- a poison apple stein served with fruit beverages or ice cream sundae, and a candy corn cotton candy throughout the resort at Disneyland. Lots of fun stuff. Oh, you know what? We forgot to mention. There's a new gingerbread house in the the Haunted Mansion Holiday. Okay. Uh, and this is fun. Okay, so in the Haunted Mansion, y'all have seen the arm that's out hanging out of a like a well, his grave or whatever. He's but he's uh, breaking himself in. No, he's breaking himself in. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I don't so I don't know what you'd call it, but it's all in brick, and you just see this arm going back and forth with like um, not the shovel, but you know this little thing. Trowels. A trowel. Thank you. Uh, well, this basically thing of that arm only it's it's got a sewing needle with thread, and when you look at the gingerbread house, it looks like the gingerbread house is sewn together. So he's sewing himself in the... Yeah, he's sewing himself in like a little, a little gingerbread cute. house. Like it's a neat little haunted house kind of thing. Yeah, it's very, very cool, and I'm sure it's animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm sure Eric can tell us about it when he has gotten a chance to see it himself. I asked him to maybe take a picture, but I found a really good picture on the Disney Parks blog, but we will see. Okay, now there's also a bunch of treats at Walt Disney World. But we will try to speed through this a little bit because there's a lot of treats at Disneyland. Uh, but let's see, chocolate worms and dirt cupcake. There's a picture of that on there that looks very fun. A vanilla spider cupcakes, Halloween sugar cookies, and it's got all kinds of different sprinkles shaped like little pumpkins. I see little ghosts. Uh, oh my goodness, and looking at this thing, the ice cream, the Plaza ice cream parlor has an ice cream cookie sandwich. So imagine that Halloween sugar cookie, two of them smashed around a scoop of ice cream. This is all like making me want to have something sugary. Because this is all like sweet stuff. This seems to be pretty much. Yes! Well, I mean, there's there's some pretty good meals you can have on this, but yes, the sweets. But see, you're walking all day, you walk up right off. It's. Okay. It's, they're sweet. meaningless calories. Uh huh. <laughs> Enchanted pumpkin spice cupcakes. Really cute. It's a little cupcake, makes it look like a pumpkin. And then look at this candy corn ice cream cone. Would you try that? I don't like candy corn. I'm not. I'm, I, can, I can eat it, but I'm not a big fan. It's just not my thing. I would be curious to maybe maybe take a bite. Maybe we could split it or something like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. we'd, we'd take a lick and throw it away. <laughs> ah, well, no. <laughs> and, then, and Friar's Nook, a ghoulish strawberry lemonade slushy, and it's got little gummy worms sticking out of it. <laughs> and then what do we got here? Oh, that's the candy corn, cotton candy, vampire Mickey popcorn bucket, Halloween popcorn bucket, Looks Halloween hot mug, poison apple yeah. stein, and all throughout the park. Mainly, it looks like it's in the Magic Kingdom that, that all of these uh, items are at in various places. So definitely a lot of goodies to go in and just kill your sweet tooth to death. <laughs> but uh, we also have some movie news. Okay. Your attention, please. Disney movie news. Okay. Now, despite it, it's really not that good a movie, but it's a heck of a lot of fun. Suicide Squad has got a worldwide mark of about $700 million that they're saying it will hit by Monday. That's a lot of money. Wow. I am surprised. Because, mm. yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. But it was way too much of a Guardians of the Galaxy wannabe. Uh, it was a terrible Joker. But it was fun. And I guess that's really all it takes. You know, if you're having a good time, you tell us, hey, I had fun, you know. Plus, maybe the the, the closest thing to a the halfway decent movie DC has had in years. So all the DC comic fans are going ballistic, like, yay, we got one that's actually not horrible. So <laughs> I guess that's got to be it. Uh, but, oh, now this is, speaking also on the DC front, all right, now granted this isn't a movie. This is TV. But Greg Berlanti has, has confirmed that there's going to be, apparently at least through that first week in October, with the CW shows, 
They're gonna cross over all four shows. Now that Supergirl is gonna be on CW. Oh, wow. okay. Yes. So big crossover. But here's the thing that gets me, and I don't know what I think about this. Let's 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 see what you think of this. Okay, so we know Grant Gustin of The Flash and uh, I forgot her name playing Supergirl. They both were on Glee. Okay. And we know Grant Gustin can sing. Did you get to see that episode? She hasn't seen that episode of Flash, but it's like first season and they're in a karaoke bar and Grant Gustin, you know, he's singing and wow, he's good. Okay. So because they're both talented singers and they were such, they're saying, I've heard people say because they've known each other from Glee, that's why they were such good chemistry together when the Flash popped up on Supergirl. Okay. And it was so much fun with them together that they decided to have a musical episode with those two. Really depends on how they do it. Because you can do a musical and it can be just really bad. Like, this is obviously a musical. Or it can be a musical in the way that you write it kind of works. I don't know. Yeah. See, um, well, granted, now Buffy, I guess people love, they did musical episodes. And they did it just like a musical. Okay. Uh, and that could be what this is. I, 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 I'm afraid to look into it because I'm afraid that this could be disastrous, even if they're good singers. Uh, or could it be that they'll just find a way to inject music in there naturally like in the flash you had you know at karaoke bar and stuff yeah like that. i i think that would be a safe way to go yes it, just to test the waters and then like if people really love it then maybe you can be more blatant about the musical yeah. part of it like even the muppets made the music they put songs in it but they made it fit mm-hmm. like it was just part of what they were doing not we're really going to step out in song because <laughs> the, the cwdc universe has presented itself in a very serious fashion. Now, granted, yes. the Flash and Supergirl are, are lighter in tone, and they're a bit more fun compared to, like, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, if they did a musical version of Arrow, everybody would probably be mad because they would really change that the tone. That would be so jarring. Like, it would, it would be, be so, so jarring. So different, yeah. Yes, but the Flash and Supergirl may just get away with it, but it makes me nervous that they're going to try it because it's just... You know, we won't be able to take it seriously. I mean, granted, there's a lot of humor kind of on the shows, but there's some been some serious stuff happen mm-hmm. uh, on on the Flash at least. So this could be good or it could be a disaster. But we'll just look. The season's starting in October, so and I do uh, expect Rick will probably write us some really good reviews because he did that last year. So if he's if he's got time, then Rick will write some reviews. If you're paying attention to our our news page, news.neverlandpodcast.com, I will be writing an article every week for the next 10 weeks because I actually have to write a blog for one of my college classes and what better way to write than writing for you guys, right? So uh, be keeping an eye on that. And if Rick, Rick is busier than he was, so if he doesn't get a chance to write reviews for CW shows, I'll try to write a review at least for some stuff. So we'll we'll get some cool stuff going, okay. But one last piece, uh, we've talked about enough DC. We listen to some Marvel news. There was uh, the Russo brothers on their Facebook page, and you can go and like this page. There was just and it's just labeled rehearsal, but it's a, a setup for some motion capture, and they're sitting there talking to a guy who's prepared and got all his you know stuff for motion capture for everything he does, doing a rehearsal. But you can't really tell who this guy is. There's been speculation that it's Josh Brolin because he's playing Thanos, and Thanos will be completely CG. But we don't know. But it's an interesting picture. I'm sure if you search, you can find it. Go to the Russo Brothers Facebook page where they posted it, but all they did is label this rehearsal. Uh, They're supposed to start filming here, I think, in the next month. But it's coming, and this this is for Avengers Infinity War, parts one and two. You have to fill me in on that because I don't totally understand Infinity War. Well, okay, you know in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's been the Infinity Stones that have been popping yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, okay. And we've been slowly building to it okay. all this time. Gotcha. 
Thanos, yeah. who we've seen. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. He was also at the very end of the Avengers. The guy. Big, kind of purple, you know, got okay. a weird chin, and he's big, he's menacing. Yeah. And we, you did see, which, see, was it Ant? No, I guess maybe it was the last Avengers movie, Age of Ultron, where you see him open up a locker and he grabs this big golden glove yeah. thing and says, yeah. well, I guess I'll have to do it myself. Okay. That's the, his and glove, the like Infinity Gauntlet. And it shows like where there's like little places for little For each things. of the stones. Okay, okay, okay. So the Infinity Wars and in, in Marvel comic books was Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and he, he was capturing all the Infinity Stones. Okay. Massive threat to the entire Marvel Universe. So that means we're going to see lots of Marvel people Huge. that have been in separate movies together. Big time. Okay. Two Avengers movies called Infinity Wars that are going to have pretty much everybody, I mean, popping wow. up at different times. It's going to be huge. I hope the writers on that are uh, paid well, because that's going to be something to, something to coordinate. But I guess, I assume the, the comics have had something to do yes. with they have, they have source Yes, this material. was a big, they, this is from the source material, just okay. like Civil War had some source material to work from. And, and they even quoted lines directly out of the source material in Civil War, which you never got to see. So good. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see it. We'll make sure you see it. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. The infant of Krypton is now the man of steel, Superman! There's something so American and so innocent about the whole idea of comic books. I think comics work because it's a really good way to tell stories, and comics can tell any kind of story there is. It's adventure, it's fun, it's rock and roll. And when you've got movies making billion-plus dollars that have guys running around in tights, you know, there's something to that. I like the fans alive. They're all really cool. They're like, what are you people doing? We're like those people who came out for Star Wars before the movie comes out. That, that's what we are. This is a St. Patty's Day foam tome, a trash can, and this is the bubble packaging over a toilet brush I bought at Target. I've always wanted to be Batman, and this is the only place where you can legally and sanely be looked at as Batman. My publisher felt that comics were read by very young children and very stupid adults. When I told him I wanted to do Spider-Man, I said, first of all, Stan, people hate spiders. You can't call a hero Spider-Man. Don't you know what a hero is? I consider Neil Adams to be my mentor. Frank came up to my studio and showed me the work. And he told me my stuff was absolutely terrible. And I thought I should go back to Vermont and forget about it. He said, well, what can I do to fix it? He told me this many, many times as I kept coming back. And he kept showing me more and teaching me more. Comics is a collaborative medium. If the writer is where the script begins, you know, the artist is the cinematographer. It really kind of breaks it down and makes it visual. What the anchor does is, in the end, everything's made up of lines, and he is the one that puts in the final line. When I get the page, I just get a black and white image, and then I add the flat colors. It's like being a big kid, and you're coloring a gigantic coloring book full of really awesome stories and really cool characters. Don't listen to anybody who tells you no, because you can do anything. Everyone who reads comic books is now sitting at the cool kids' table, and it's about time, because there's a lot of really great ideas coming out of kids who are now sitting at the cool kids' table.
right, so our trailer park for the week, that is the trailer for comics. Beyond the Comic Book Pages, which is the movie, the documentary, that I'm holding a screening for here in Kansas City. This will be on September the 22nd. You do need to pre-order your tickets, and this may be the last week that, t- week that tickets will be available. If you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, it'll be the light blue highlighted uh, text there. That is the link to go to where you purchase your tickets. You must Hurry to get your tickets. We uh, we have a pre-sale that goes on, but that's it. Uh, there's a pre-sale. Uh, you cannot pick it up the day of the show. Uh, this is the week. Get them before this Thursday. Hurry quickly or you are going to miss out. This was going to be a fun event. Hurry and get your tickets. Check the show notes. Go to the NeverlandPodcast.com website. The front page has been specifically devoted to this screening. Uh, so get your tickets. Hurry quick before they're all gone. This was the R2-D2 Builders Club, which I did talk to them. Uh, if you go back a couple of years, you can hear me talking to them. But they held a panel. They wheeled out some of their R2-D2s, and every once in a while you're going to hear one beat. But they talked about what that goes into building one and how you can join. This is a nationwide group. That's cool. They build an R2-D2, and they are working on a, a, a working BB-8. I know and you want one. I, I'd love to build one of these things, mm-hmm. but it takes some money. But they talk about some of the, the more cheaper ways you can do it and what, some of the more expensive. You can yeah. go out and go as far as you really want to go, uh, and they will even mention that somebody has managed to have a little lightsaber pop out the, the head, a little panel that opens and closes. I'm sure it depends on how much you want it yes. to do. Like if it's just a statue, it'll be... Yeah, you know. and you can start with the cheapest model and then mm-hmm. invest a little bit more money to build different pieces to make it do more and more as you go. But I'm, I'm ruining it for you. Okay. Go and let's just listen to it. How about that? Well, this is a little netbook when everybody just showed up. Uh, we are members of the R2D2 Builders Group. This is the, we're the Kansas City chapter. Uh, we're a worldwide organization, for those of you who don't know. Uh, we've got over 3,500 members worldwide. We have over 40 members here locally. Uh, we just do this for fun. You cannot buy an R2. This is going to be part of the presentation. I'm going to We've got some stuff that we'll talk about. We'll all kind of go over some things. And if you guys have any questions, we're happy to answer any questions you might have about uh, what we do, how we do it, uh, what it takes to get it done. Uh, by the way, my name is Roy. I'm Chris. I'm Kevin. I'm Kevin. Okay. So uh, we kind of have a couple of discussion topics. We'll talk about some fun facts first about R2. Um, then we'll, I think that slide is mostly pictures, but we'll talk about R2-D2 and BB-8 the movies. Um, some club history and some frequently asked questions, what we do in the community. Um, then we'll get into construction and the electronics and moving forward and how you get started in the club. Um, so there's a, a couple of fun facts here. Both robot and man in suit versions of R2 were used. So there's uh, Kenny Baker, uh, who just actually passed away yesterday, was uh, part of, sometimes when you saw R2 in the shops, Kenny Baker was in there uh, making R2 use all his tools and making R2 do his thing. So and a two-legged mode. Usually when you see R2 in two-legged mode, then Kenny Baker's in, in the suit. R2. 
he would say. And it's uh, kind of a neat thing too. If you look at him, you'll notice anytime he was in two-legged mode, you'll never see R2 moving and his head moving at the same time because Kenny had to actually hold on to it and move around. And he couldn't do that and then turn his head at the same time. So he had to stop and then turn the head. So you'll never see the dome moving in two-legged mode while he's actually moving. That's why we have the, the black arm bands or those on our two is for Henry Kenny Baker. Most of, I think all of us have them on there now today. R2 uh, has made some hidden appearances in other films. Uh, he's in the most recent reincarnation of Star Trek. Uh, the first two, I don't know if they made a cameo yet. I don't know. Close Encounters of Third Kind. That's all. Those are the only three that come up the top of my head, off right off the bat. Uh, pieces of R2 are also just random things that uh, the builders could get their hands on, right? So uh, the, the restraining bolt, which I don't think any of us have on yeah. our roads. So I got on, on the black road of our booth, there's that restraining bolt on the right road, there's a problem. Yeah, but that was actually just a camera lens, so they took a camera lens and put it on there and made it a, um, a prop that was kind of an <laughs> iconic thing that would kind of take a restraining blow off and get the, the message to display. So um, the hollow projectors with lights from like a passenger airplane. The bigger Yeah. So there's actually parts, other machines that all were just combined together to make parts. So it's kind of an interesting Asked 
is, are your droids the same ones that are in the movies? Ours are a one-by-one -one replica of the movie droids. So when you look at R2-D2 here, it's, we've got the exact blueprint, so that shows us, and we're able to copy and make it look exactly the same. No, it's not the exact ones in the movie, but pretty dang close. Uh, actually, for the most part, ours work better. Uh, good thing is the new movie, uh, Force Awakens, R2 and that was actually built by two fellow members of the R2 Builders Club out of the UK. So that's kind of a big plus. They're recognizing that you know the R2 Builders are putting out a great product, and so they like to use them for that reason. So another question that we get a lot is, can you buy a kit? Uh, no, we don't. We don't package R2 in a, a kit that you can just buy. Uh, the way the club works is you can buy parts and pieces from members, but since R2 is a licensed character, we can't just sell R2 kits and have people build them. So we uh, we help we'll help you build. We have the blueprints, but we don't sell you a full ready-to-go droid. We love to kind of do some some work to get built to build your R2. And that's actually really important for you if you want to be a builder, because you're not an assembler; you're a builder. You want to know. If I've got a problem with my dome drive or if I've got a problem with my leg, I know exactly how to fix it because I'm just the one to put it together. By doing so, you know exactly every little intricacy of that drawing, which is really important because I'm telling you, as much uneven ground as we have out here, asphalt, um, parades, or going to anything, it's going to shake the heck out of your drawing. So you want to know how to fix it. You want to know how to keep them in top condition. And it is important being able to do it yourself because just like you know, when I built mine, the lights and the domes with mine are what often was called the TC's kit. Once you get involved, you'll understand what that is. And I told my son that I would buy all the parts, but him build it since he built his. He says, That's fine, Dad, I'll do it. But then when it breaks, how are you going to fix it? So I built that. So it was knowing how it's put together, knowing how it operates, how it works is important so that you'll know how to repair it down the road because you're going to do repairs. It's going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to fall off. Uh, something won't work right. And you can have somebody else fix it, but it's much easier if you know what, you, what to do yourself how to fix your control. So uh, I think a lot of these questions are uh, and it interlays into each other. So the next one we have a list of there are there parts available. Um, some parts are available, but some parts aren't, right? So some parts you want to build yourself, some parts are you can get different ways. It depends on what you're building on and what you're trying to go across. Uh, we usually have what we call build runs. So a member will have parts that they want to uh, produce for the club, and they'll get a list of people together to try to go and manufacture that part. Um, so those parts come and go, and their availability is, I mean, it depends on what, what people are building at the time. Right? It depends, so, on the, depends on the demand, how many people want a specific part, or it depends on the, the person that's actually doing the run, whether they have the time to do it, or you know, how interested they are in getting it done right away, because the big thing with all of us, we all have a full-time job. We don't do this for a living, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, you know, we all have full-time jobs. Even the guys that do these parts runs, they have full-time jobs. They do this in their spare time. This is a hobby. You know, none of us get paid to do this. So whenever you see a parts run, it's really easy to get frustrated and say, well, why is this part not available? Why is this guy not getting this part out right away? 
It's a lot of work involved in an apartment. And so you just gotta, you're kind of at their mercy, waiting until they get the part ready, waiting until they can contact the machine shop or the CNC shop, whatever they want you to get the parts done. Uh, but parts are always available. It's just a matter of, is the part you want available when you want it? That's the key. Uh, you can always build your own parts. Um, that's something, there's no time on that. Anytime you want a part, you, you're more than welcome to go out and build it yourself. But if you're waiting for it to be made out of a specific material, you're either going to have to wait for somebody to build it or take the, the take initiative on your own to contact the machine shop, go to them and say, this is what I want to do build. It may cost you a lot more money to have it done that way. Guys have done that. Uh, guys have, have gone to the machine shop and had their own frames built, but they've spent a lot more money doing it that way as opposed to waiting for a run to happen to buy a frame from somebody in the group. My dad, uh, on the of uh, building your own parts, that's actually getting a lot easier these days with the advent of modern maker spaces. Where just about anyone in a reasonably sized town can get hold of uh, a workshop with all the example woodworking tools. We've got a lot of uh, wood based R2 units and CNC mills and 3D printers. Uh, it's getting easier and easier to uh, fabricate your own stuff, even if you don't have a lot of mechanical experience. You can still get access to the uh, the information and the tools that you need. So uh, we're seeing a, a real renaissance right now in the building groups, especially with people um, going out and making their own stuff. So the next question we use again is how much does it cost to build one? That's everyone's favorite little question. <laughs> that's really important. It's not like that where it disappears. Um, it really has a lot of variance to it, but on average, We've heard the lowest be right around fifteen hundred dollars. So if you want motors and lights and regular rooms, right? All the way up to forty thousand. <laughs> you can get crazy with this. So it, it makes a pretty huge difference there. And again, it all varies on your materials used, what's available, how much work you do on your own. Be surprised how much money you save just by making your own stuff. And what you want it to do at the end. You know, there again goes back to what's your end product. You know, the more you want it to do, the more your, your budget's going to go up. It's going to happen. So uh, the good thing is you can always add on. You can start with a basic static droid and you can build a static droid for, like I said, around 1500 bucks. It's just going to sit there to be a great little display in your house. Uh, the more you start adding on, the higher it goes, but you can add that on later. Build a static droid, and then down the road you can add feed drives, and add sound, and, and add lights uh, to get movement and control over it and everything. Add more things down the road. That always a work in progress. You know, so you can always change things as you get more money and you decide you want to change and upgrade things down the road. It's easy to do. How long does it take to build one? Uh, more than a weekend. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I spent a little over a year on my droid down here. A lot of the parts are built myself, uh, and I have to give a lot of credit of that to my son sitting back there too, because his droid, he spent over four years working on his. Uh, his he was three years into his build when I started my build. Having an absolute duplicate sitting next to you makes it very easy to go, I can build this, I'll be back. Made it very easy. Uh, some people have done it in a year, some people it takes two to four years. It just depends on uh, parts availability, 
how much you're willing to do yourself, uh, how much money you have to throw into it. There's, there's over $6,000 in that droid right there. It's taken over a year's worth of time to, to put that money into it. Uh, my son's droid is all aluminum droid. He's got a little over 15000 in it. That wasn't in a year's time. That's over a four-year time span. So it's not like you're going to write a check for $15,000 to buy all the parts, go home, start putting it together, and how to take to do it. Doesn't happen because they're in every single part on that droid may not be available right now that you can go online and say, I want this part, that part, that part, and buy all of them. You know, just go down the list. Okay. Do that. Yeah, yeah, nor should you do that. But even if you had the ability, you don't want to do that. It's going to take time because even when you, when you buy the legs, there's so many different parts of the legs, it's going to take you a lot of time once you have all those parts to get them painted, prepped, get them prepped and ready for paint get it painted, get it all painted, get it all assembled, it's going to take you a lot of time to get it done anyway. So uh, the amount of time it takes depends on your ability, your work ability. You know, there again, you have a full-time job, you're not going to work on it all day long, seven days a week. So it just depends on the amount of time that you do have available to be able to do it. Um, what can your students, I mean, can you walk around for us? Yeah, mine does, it has drive capability, so drive around, uh, the dome turns, and it, and it has the lights and the sounds. Uh, the only one other function I have on mine that uh, I don't think anybody else here has is that you have some blue LEDs that will light up by the remote. How well you can see them there because they don't come on that great with the lights on. Uh, but yeah, he does his dome spins, he's got all the sounds, and he does drive. Not that he doesn't do as well on the carpet, Kevin's does better on the carpet than mine. It does the same thing. Light, sound, drive around, uh, don't turn. Uh, I think all of ours here, that's pretty much all any of us has, except for uh, Chris Rice. His actually has uh, all the bells and whistles. Uh, his panels open and close off the remote. His utility arms open and close. Uh, he has a fire extinguisher. He has a secret weapon coming next year. Uh, <laughs> that. And, uh, uh, but eventually they're going to add ons. You know, the utility arms on ours, I, I've actually just, actually at Planet Comic Con last year, right before it, I actually upgraded to aluminum arms. So now mine are going to open and close. It's just a matter of getting that. So it's something that I am going to add on. Uh, so he will do more. Alright, well, we'll come back to some more questions here shortly. Uh, we're going to continue on the presentation and uh, talk more about what we do, construction, and then I. Uh, I know that'll probably leave you with lots more questions, maybe a few answers in the meantime. Uh, in the community, we actually are quite active. We do anywhere from one to what's the most we've got? Six. So six activities. Six activities or six events in a month. So every month we usually have something going on. So we're quite active in the group. Uh, one of the big ones we just had uh, just a month and a half ago was Maker Fair at Union Station. So if you came down there, you probably saw our droids. Uh, Planet Comic Con, which was in May. Uh, great turnout, we had quite a few droids, plus we had some of the guys from St. Louis that brought their droids down as well. So we had a great turnout. Uh, of course, today, Kansas City Comic Con. Uh, we do a lot of nonprofit charity events as well. Uh, we tend to try to go out to the Ron McDonald House, uh, see the kids there and the families. We go to Children's Mercy Hospital to visit and see the kids. Do a lot of, you know, we get requests for yeah, robotics clubs, uh, library read days. Uh, we're going to Ocean uh in October. I'll get you that information on that. You guys see 
different areas like that. Uh, if you look up at our pan or at our booth, we've also got one that's got the red, it's got the red lights interior just to give you an idea what it looks inside. Uh, MP3 waves, just like you would put on your iPod or iPhone or Android, anything like that, it's pretty much what we use for ours. Uh, we use a, an Arduino, most of us use our Arduino to control our MP3 players and it'll actually play through the speaker. So all the sounds you're hearing from R2 is coming by control of the Arduino. Through an MP3 player, and then usually through an amplifier of some type, and then to the speakers. You can make that as simple as using your your smartphone and a Bluetooth speaker and activate the sound through your phone, and it goes to the speaker. It can be as simple as that. Whatever you can come up with. It's entirely it, it, it's your droid. When it comes to electronics, it's one of the few things that there there's no guideline. Uh, there's no set, but it has to look this way. It has to, to work this way. You do it any way you want to do it. It's entirely up to you. But we also have, there's a whole bunch of material in the club, but if you don't know what, you're, you, what you want to do, people will help you uh, show you what they've done, and you can build it that way. Absolutely. Copy someone too, and no one's going to. Yeah. No one will fall come after you. That's a good thing. We're such a, we're such a, a, a tight-knit group that nobody here would be upset by any means if you said, hey, I want to copy exactly what you did, how did you do it? You'll be able to get that information from any one of us, or you'll be able to find it online of what we did and follow exactly what we did uh, the same way. Uh, and a lot of times that's, that's a, a really smart way to do it because you're doing a, what we've done is something that has been done for years. So we're following a, a tried and tested method of doing something to make it work. And it works, and it works every time. And it's been operation for so many years, so many people have done it for so long. We all just know this is how it works. So you just follow up what everybody else has done, and it works perfect. And if you do have an issue, more than likely because so many people have, are doing it and have been doing it for such a long period of time, somebody's run into the issue you're having and will be able to tell you, oh, yep, I've done that. Here's how to fix it. It's a simple fix. This is what you got to do. It's very easy. So some people take it to it. So we talked about movement, we talked about lighting, we talked about sounds. Some people take it another level, <laughs> like Chris. Uh, he has all, you can make all the panels move, you can have the top panels come up. People, we like to say that if you've seen it done in a movie, we've done it in our club, except for fly. Uh, <laughs> or, or if you've seen it in your mind, it's somebody, if you have the idea, somebody's probably got it on their droid somewhere. So that includes, so we have really creative and scary people in our club, yeah. that includes uh, buzzsaws, zappers, lightsaber launchers, lightsaber launchers, you name it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's been done. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Three, three, two, three. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll go from three legs to two legs, the center leg will retract up in, and it'll go to two-legged mode, and then come back down. Uh, you name it. It's, if you can think of it, it's probably already been done. If not, be the first. Good. Yeah, let us see it. Alright, so so moving forward is uh, what we'll talk about next. What how how do you get into this? What do you need to do? So we already mentioned you need to go to astromech.net, www.astromech.net. That's our worldwide club. Uh, 
all the information will be there. It's kind of overwhelming, but stick with it. You'll, you'll get there too. Um, research, research, research. Just we can't hit that hard enough. I read for three months before I bought anything. I was when I first started. I was like, robots are metal. I'm going full metal. Uh, aluminum all the way. It's like, wait, that's going to cost ten to fifteen thousand uh, dollars. Plastic. I'm going to use plastic <laughs> because I can do that, right? Uh, I ended up going with the metal dome because I wasn't sure if I could paint something that large and make it look metal. So I, on an iconic piece like that, I ended up using a metal dome, and the rest of my body is completely made out of polystyrene. So, so because of the good thing with plastic is you can build it on your dining room table. You don't have to have an entire workshop or garage space. I know that you don't change your life some more. All mine's in the garage right now. But it, you don't have to have your own space because you're building it out of plastic. You're, you're buying sheets of plastic, like sheet, you know, and I have done about similar size of sheets of plastic, like four by eight sheets, and you're just cutting into pieces and gluing it together, and sanding, filling, painting. And so you can you can actually do it in an apartment uh, on a dining room table. And because I researched, I, I was able to come up with that. I was I was at the point where I was just gonna go in and buy a metal aluminum frame. And if I had done that, I would have gotten into this situation where my budget wouldn't have mapped well with my uh, my build. So I would have been stuck. I wouldn't have, I won't have a, I wouldn't even have a complete joy here right now because I've been I financially would not have been able to <laughs> continue building my droid at that point. So, and aluminum uh, is addictive. Yes. <laughs> it's not magnetic, but it is addictive. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I can't right <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, make sure you do your research. Uh, but also, it's very important is to establish your budget. Um, realizing that aluminum is expensive, and the more that you do on your own, you'll make that budget a little bit um, smaller, right? So I decided to go with polystyrene. I think I started out with like $500 worth of plastic, and I ended up having enough plastic left over to build a whole other droid, just because I was following other, other people's guidelines. I'm glad I have that much plastic because I can do repairs and rebuild things. And if I mess up, messed up something, I could rebuild the part. So, uh, yeah, you can get started for just under that. You don't even have to buy that much plastic. Um, so establish your budget. If you if you have a large budget, if you can the way the way I established my budget was I I picked a number and I only spent that much money per month. And if I was under that, that rolled into the next one, right? So I was, I, I gathered up money for about three months while I was reading, and then I bought stuff. Um, so that's the way I went about it. You can do that too, or you can kind of think of, I don't want to go above this mark. But establishing your budget will kind of establish what materials you use and how you build across your build. And keep in mind that the materials you use will determine what tools you're going to need too. Because the more, if you buy aluminum, you're basically you're buying a part that's pretty much done. You just have to do a lot of uh, prep work as far as filling uh, sanding, painting, things like that. If you're building out of wood, are you buying it made out of wood or do you have to build it out of wood? If you have to build it, what tools do you need? Do you need router? Do you need table saw? What type of tools do you need? Building out of plastic. I needed a razor blade and a straight edge. 
Yeah. So you know, you, you got to think about the tools that are necessary that you're going to that you're going to wind up using. Electronics. You go to work on your electronics. Do you have a soldering iron? Do you have a good soldering iron? Um, do you have the proper solder line, LEDs, you know, wires, things like that? Um, the budget is also not just the materials you're building it out of, but what tools do you need to be able to build it with? Last step we have here is just reach out to us, reach out to your local builders, um, just be active, post stuff, ask questions. We'll, we'll help you. We're a community. That's, that's what we do. We're, we're here to help you build your droid. Um, yeah, that's... Wherever, wherever you live, we probably have somebody close to you because we are, we are all, we don't all live in the same community. We're all, all over town. Anywhere from Plattsburgh, uh, Liberty, uh, Lenexa, Pleasant Hill, just down south. So we're we're everywhere. We're all over town. And if you're not from the Kansas City area, you're visiting from another town. We might have builders who are close to you too, or worldwide club. So you always keep that in mind. It's likely you may have a, a builders group in the community you didn't even know about. So we'll open it up to the floor for questions. What is like the range on on them? Is it? I'm guessing that varies as well too. The distance. Yeah, about how far you can. It depends on your remote controls. Um, I don't know, what's your range on yours? I'm supposed to have 100 meters, but I never tested that out. Um, but the, this this in part of all is the largest event that I'm usually used to. So uh, I can get from width wise, I can get from one end to the other. So that's I've never <laughs> with a whole bunch of people around. I'll never have them drive that far away from. And there again, the, the, the distance depends on the controllers, because uh, at one point the PS2 controller was operating my entire droid, uh, and here I could probably get from here to the end of the room, to the doors, with the PS2 controller, that's about it, uh, especially with all the interference and stuff here. With the large, uh, this is actually airplane remote, on their website, the range says line of sight, so if you can see it, you can control it, uh, because it's designed for remote control airplanes. Um, but they're all different. Uh, this also has a much better, it's much more solid connection. This one's not going to lose connection. Uh, the reason I have two right now is I cannot control sounds with this. This will only do drive capabilities and don't turn these on operating sounds with this one. But we're in the process of building a whole new remote which will take the place of all of this and then some and have the range of this. So that'll be, that's an interesting thing. We're really excited to get that one. So uh, different remotes have different ranges. Just be said, it just depends also on what your budget is. Uh, those, yeah. you say you pay five bucks. Five. I paid ten for this. Ten bucks. The PlayStation Three navigation controllers. The PS2 controller setup. You can buy a PS2 setup with a with the it's a wireless PS2 setup with the the receiver online for ten bucks. Yeah. Uh, this airplane remote I bought it on eBay for fifty bucks. Came with a receiver. So it just depends on what you want the the capabilities to do and. Uh, what kind of budget you have for remotes also for the controls. Yes, sir. Uh, has anyone ever put artificial intelligence in one of the droids? They, there's some guys that have done what uh, are, you know, autonomous, uh, I'm saying it the right way, uh, autonomous droids where they're actually fully automatic, they turn them on and they, they will drive around, they have sensors and things like that. You won't see those places like this. Uh, when you're talking about a droid, this one's 70 pounds, 90, 90 pounds with battery. Mine's over 150. When you get an all-aluminum droid, you're looking at 200 pounds plus. Um, you get a 200-pound piece of aluminum or a piece of metal moving around, you don't want to run into you. Uh, they can, 
they can do some damage. Because if, if the sensors are looking up this way and you get a, a, a child that's under that sensor and is not going to see it, that's that's a dangerous thing to have happen. So most people that have the autonomous ones, they, they are out there, uh, but you're very rarely going to see that public. Our dogs would go crazy. Absolutely, ours, <laughs> believe me, ours do. Uh, and and your, your mind is your only limitation. Uh, Hasbro came out with a 16-inch voice-activated interactive uh, RTD2. Uh, there's one at our booth, I have one at our booth that I bought, and I tore all the guts out of it and put all new electronics in it, and it's completely remote control with the PS2 controller, and it does everything this guy does. It's all the same things. Uh, and I've probably got less than 100 bucks in it right now. So it's, it's your, your mind is your only limitation. You can do whatever you want to do. Well, she's in because, to be honest with you, I bought mine uh, almost two years ago, and I bought it on eBay, and I, I paid 40 bucks for the droid. You can't find one on eBay for less than about 100 bucks right now. They've gotten outraged, and that's it. It's broken. It's going to be broken. It's going to be in really bad shape, and you're not going to have all the parts. If you want one that's, that's in decent shape, you're probably looking at 175 or 200 bucks for one. They're outrageous. They're pretty proud of them now. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes, sir. I'll ask you, I'll ask you Ryan. I'll give you a red eye right now. Kevin has, Kevin has the speed because he's got the, the less weight. Uh, the, the lighter weights, the, the faster it goes because it's not as much strain on motors. Um, I have, if I get mine on the, the hard surface up there, uh, I can. When I'm driving it at full speed, I can't keep up with it walking. I can run and keep up with it, but I can't keep up with it walking. So I've had times where I've had one fast enough that I would go to turn and I was a little concerned that he was going to tip over. So it depends on your motors, depends on your batteries, what voltage you have to set at. Kevin said 12 volts. Uh, he's running at 12 volts with a very light droid, and he can outrun mine who's running 18 volts. Uh, but it's a much heavier droid, and he'll outrun you. talked about worried about it tipping over what's the center of gravity on it and how easy is it to tip one over oh if you look at him I mean you see how tall he is okay and you see where his legs are centered so yeah it's very top heavy so yeah any curves we have to be real careful about that if you're taking it at any speed yeah he'll go over a tripod is a, is a very stable design but when you have a tripod and all the weights up on top of it, it's not a stable. Uh, the thing that helps mine is my legs are, the legs are made out of wood. Uh, and I've actually steel, have steel reinforced plates in the bottom of every one of my ankles. In every ankle, I'll get the steel reinforced plates in there. And when I added that on, it changed one wooden leg weighed four pounds. Now with the steel reinforced plate on, one wooden leg weighs eight pounds. So I added four pounds of steel on the bottom of each leg. So I've actually added at least 12 pounds on the very, very bottom of my droid, which helps a lot with stability. Uh, so even though it is a tripod, uh, believe it or not, the, one of the, the biggest fears with most builders is face planting. You know, you can drive along and just point forward. Uh, and it has happened. And it, it's not a pretty sight. And I don't think there's a builder around that hasn't cringed at the sight of something that happened, or even a story of that happened. <laughs> Good question. 
What is the uh, craziest thing that you guys have seen that somebody has done to a droid or added to the droid? Just in research or seen in person? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I can imagine somebody getting like the you know the disco Star Wars music, programming that in there, and have it programmed with a little dance to do to play part of the music. That would actually be really fun to do. So they do that with the panels. So they'll do See, like the wave, and the different wrist, panels will open up, and, and it'll wrist, react. Uh, that would be fun. It's like Saturday night fever music. Yeah. Where he does <laughs> dance stuff. Is, it but there's some really deep droids out there. They've got the one with the crystals. The uh, oh yeah, the dollar one. Um, yeah, the million dollar. Yeah, there's a there's a couple in Los Angeles that uh, they're building. It's the They're building, or his wife is building, uh, what they call a million dollar droid. And it's she's actually taking these. Uh, yeah, it's with those crystals. That was the <laughs> yeah. And she's and she's gluing them on to the, the every outer surface. That she's doing a lot of everything. All I've seen so far is no, yeah. And it is, I mean, she's doing it with tweezers and glue these things on it. It's is unbelievable the look of it. Uh, so that, as far as the look goes, that's probably one of the craziest wow. looking things because it, it looks gorgeous. It looks great. It really does. Um, I, I don't think the buzz song. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. We got a guy that uh, recently came out with a carousel design for his. Uh, where the tools have come out, the CPU oh, yeah. arms and things like that. He's actually got a carousel built in there. It's got three tools in each one. It spins around, lowers out one tool, picking it up and down, spin around, and then come back in, turn, drop out another tool. So that's actually pretty neat. That was actually a, a little more programming and design work on that one. And not a huge thing, but Will Mimoto, when he built his, uh, his daughter was very little, he had his dome on an inch where his dome would just inch back and his daughter would get inside and drug and ride around. It was still fully remote control, but it was basically like a stroller. And she would sit they would do they would do parades at events and stuff and she would be inside the droid with the, the dome hinged back and he used to just drive the droid along so it's, it's kinda of cool. But they also have what Hello Kitty and Yeah, there's you got a minion droid, we yeah. got a Boba Fett droid, Bat droid, uh, there's people that are doing them actually. Uh, in fact, uh, the minion droid, uh, the minion, they're actually two thirds scale. So they're not full size like this. We're one to one scale. They're, they're a two thirds scale. And it's one of the most layers of pictures on our site. You'll see the guy, he actually when he transports his droids. He puts them in, because they're only two thirds scale, he puts them in the back seat of his car and seat belts them in. <laughs> and it is hilarious when you see these two droids just sitting in the back of the car, seat belted in. <laughs> Actually, they recently showed the same picture of them at going to a convention. They had their seats folded down. They had five of them. They were all lined up in the car, you know, standing straight up, and they're just <laughs> all five of them just lined up. It was pretty neat. Any other questions? Did you have a question? Oh, I was going to ask: Is is the body hollow inside? And then and to a point, like, yeah. Depending on the, the amount of stuff that you have in it, if you yeah, there is space available inside unless you do a three two three. If you do a three two three, there's not enough space. Yeah, there, there is, you're looking for space. There's enough space with this much left over. What's uh, a three two three? 
when you go from, these are all three-legged droids, uh, when you go to a two-leg where the center leg will actually retract up inside the droid, and instead of the, the, the side legs being back, they will actually come down further straight down the sides. Um, well, it's, I don't know how well you can see it uh, here, but uh, yeah, that's a two-legged droid. Uh, when you do that, that center, because that center leg retracts up inside, that takes up all the space, and you're actually trying to find space to be able to put batteries in it. It is so packed in there. Yeah. Uh, but we, we can show you on ours too. Uh, when we're done here, we can we'll open them up and see inside of them. There is space in there, but not a lot. And it all depends on how your setup is, where you put your electronics boards, where you put your speakers, where you put your batteries, how big your batteries are, how many batteries you have. Kevin has one, I have three. Uh, so it depends on what all you have in your droid. The more options you add to your droid, the more it's going to take up space inside. Because whatever you add on, you have to put it in there somewhere. And it all has to be inside the body, inside that 18 and a half inch, 18 and a quarter inch diameter. It all has to fit inside there. If you come in to the booth and see the red one that's on the table right now, that one's set up where it can do 232. So you can see the interior wise how much room there really isn't. And I don't have any of the mechanical stuff in there yet to even do that. So that'll take up even more space. Yeah. Any other questions? Uh, is the BB-8 um, that you're making going to be a model, or are you actually going to be a uh, I'm hoping to have it actually roll around and stuff. I know we've got a couple of people on the on the local chapter who are working on it. Right now, uh, we're going through uh, a very busy time uh, for the BB-8 uh, builders because we've been uh, just going on very rapid prototyping, uh, trying out different things, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And, just a couple of weeks ago in England, uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe, they actually, uh, the people who behind the BB-8 in the movies uh, came and showed us how it actually worked. And so there's been a lot of revising as far as educating the thing to roll around and keep the head on top and all that. So uh, hopefully uh, people are being able to settle in and test things and get pretty close to the point where we can actually have uh, some of these rolling around. In fact, I saw one on the group this morning. Somebody actually got one. It's rolling a bit slow and the head falls off sometimes. But um, <laughs> and it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same with R two. There's many different ways. Uh, the one Kelly has here, her her sphere, her inner body is different than the one that I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so there's multiple different ways to build that. But anyway, so there's probably going to be several of them rolling around the convention floors coming uh, next year. I think. Things are going fine, Planet Comic Con. Alright, you speak for yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. We're playing by Planet Comic Con. We'll have ours rolling around out here somewhere too. So, yeah. Have you guys ever had any of the, whether people have worked on the Star Wars movies or anything, reach out to you guys and, and give you guys, like she was saying, the tips and tricks on things of this or any feedback on? There has been an, actually a really good relationship uh, between us and the creatives uh, there. In fact, uh, a few years ago, they actually uh, gave some of our members uh, access to uh, some of the screen use uh, R2s. I think the Vampire's Man's Pack, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And they uh, basically let us go nuts with tape measures and reference photographs and everything. So we actually wound up revising uh, some of our uh, plans and things slightly as a result. They actually took computer scans of the droids and everything. And uh, uh, I haven't actually seen it, but one of our members has told us that he actually, 
reason he got into is he went to the Smithsonian and looked at the R2 that was there at the Smithsonian and looked at it and went, holy cow, that's what it looks like. And he said, it looks absolutely awful. Uh, yeah, like, uh, and that's when he said, I can build it better than that. I can look better. So he went off to build one. Five on last one. Yeah, and it's because what they did back in 1977 or 76 when they filmed the movie, it just had to look good on screen, which mm-hmm. means from me to you, it looked good on a huge screen. It wasn't high def, uh, it wasn't HD, it wasn't ADS. So, yeah, you know, it just had to look good from that far away. Um, our droids look tremendously better aesthetically and work tremendously better mechanically than what anything yeah. they built, and we're at a fraction of the cost. Uh, but they were also trying to just shoot a movie. Yeah. Uh, they were trying to get it done. Uh, we've had a good relationship with Lucas Films. Uh, they, they allow us to do anything we want as long as we don't make money. Because there again, just like we were talking about the events earlier, we were more than happy to do events all over town, uh, do lots of different things as long as we, we don't make money. And things like, uh, when I mentioned events earlier, very, very rarely, and it, it's almost never happens that you'll see us go away, birthday party, you can't hire us to do things like that. That doesn't happen. Um, because we're all going to get paid from uh, Lucasfilm, who now is owned by Disney, which is much bigger than Lucasfilm, is going to throw a fit. Uh, so well, we I mean, have to be careful. Weddings are one that I mean, I've done a couple of weddings actually. You just can't charge for them, is the thing. It has to be very careful with it. So, yeah. uh, but uh, we do have a good working relationship with Lucasfilm. Uh, uh, Don Bees, uh, who worked with uh, the Island. Island. Yeah. He's, he actually has his own uh, his own uh, forum on our, our forums on astronet.net. He's got his own uh, section there where you can ask how he's questions. He doesn't always answer, uh, but uh, there's a there's a whole thread on there for him. But uh, yeah, we have a good working relationship with a lot of them. You know, it's always a good thing when George Lucas goes touring around and to promote Star Wars, and when he gets into an area, he contacts the local builders to use their R2. Because our yeah. R2s work better than his R2 That brings up an interesting thing. Uh, I don't know if anybody here will be going to uh, Worldcon next week, uh, but uh, when Worldcon was last year, it was 1976, and um, one of the displays was uh, basically a little diorama of uh, the original Star Wars, which nobody had heard of at the time, but they had an R2D2 and a C3PO and all that sort of thing. And they have decided that this year they're going to recreate that exact same display, and one of our club R twos will be part of it. So if you're there, be sure to look Now, when you had said that at a fraction of a cost, I know that you had said that these can get up to forty thousand. How much was the cost of the R two in the movie then? We are only speculating. Nobody's ever given a direct answer that I know of. Uh, but they're speculating anywhere from. One droid could have been anywhere from fifty, sixty thousand dollars to hundred thousand dollars to build one droid. So so that was all very yeah. brand new. They didn't have the existing stuff like we do. Plus, they had aerospace engineers, which aerospace engineers are very particular on how they do things. <laughs> so, yeah. it tends to cost more money to build it because of that. Yeah. And the other thing about that is, is that they had multiple bodies and multiple heads because. You never knew which one was going to be working at any given time. And you never knew how bad they were in camera. Right. Scene. They so, basically were just grab whatever was available from scene to scene. And in fact, one of the, the side effects of being an R2 builder is when you go back and watch the original movie, 
you can tell they switch bodies from one camera cut to another. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spread the virus a little bit. If you look on the side here, on the, the horse, what we call the horseshoes on the shoulders, you'll notice some of them have got the little hydraulic piston thing on the front, and the little buttons on the back. The little round buttons. And sometimes the buttons are on the front, and the hydraulics on the back. If you watch the original movie, they switch back and forth more times. And sometimes from skin, within the same scene, it'll go from, because they have to take it apart and something happens, so they take it apart, they take the whole straw and they lay them down, and uh -huh. they go grab and put it back on, and they didn't have a part. They just Nobody bothered it back on. <laughs> so it wasn't like that part has to go on that spot, it could go to the other side. <laughs> but, and there again, even with the cost of the droids back then, it depended on what it was. If it was a droid that was just a hollowed out shell that came papers inside of, what really was there? A piece of uh, piece of wood or plastic with a, a, a metal body on the outside of it, or was it one that actually had electronics and things inside of it? The more it had, had to do, the more expensive it was going to be. You know, was it just a, a basic shell that was on a, on a sled that somebody was pulling with a rope to make it look like it was you know, walking across the sand? The less it did, the less expensive it would be, and I think that could be a reason why they've never really given us a definitive answer on the cost of it because it, it probably varied droid to droid. So the one in the Smithsonian, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, that's a fiberglass unit, so it's a cast unit they made. So, again, that varies in price. I don't think that would have been the $40,000 droid. I think that would have been more prior, under 10. Yeah. Probably more of a stunt droid, just for distance shots. Yeah. yeah. And just like it, and there's one scene in there where he's actually flying through the air. That droid probably was very, very cheap because it probably shot one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to drop a lot of money in that one. So, it dropped. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Any more questions? Everyone knows C3PO and R2 going through the deserts. Does anyone have a, like a track system that allows it to go through a desert or dirt better than. Got a guy in the UK that has actually designed a. He's got a styrene droid, so it's actually light, but. Built it off of a one-six scale uh, RC trucks that they've got the tracks for. He built that and, and put that on his. So yeah, that thing rolls pretty dang good on any surface. On any surface. And some of the guys that uh, actually seen where they have the, the users with the uh, with the NPC motors, which are actually wheelchair motors, they can actually drive on grass, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> so if I I wouldn't even attempt that because if you're driving on grass, you're talking about because you're going to start thinking about things, you're going to get grass, dirt, whatever, up inside the wheels, possibly inside the motors. That's, that's one of those that's like that. Uh, one more question. Uh, you guys mentioned that someone had done something with a lightsaber launcher. Right. How the heck did, did they put that together? Well, I know a guy who said that the way he did it was he kind of modeled it off of like G.I. Joe's you know, missile launchers. It's basically just a piece of plastic with a spring no on spring. it. No spring. <laughs> but he like also said he probably put a hole in his seat in the first couple of times he shot. He's a little bit of judgment. And you have to have your panels on. You don't have to be able to open close. So yeah. have a panel where the panel opens up by the remote, and then you hit the button for it to fire it out. There's a YouTube video that I saw one time of a guy doing it. He was testing it, and he put it in there, and his first test on it, because uh, obviously he shoots out the way he's sitting, he's going to shoot backwards. And he shot it, and it went farther than this room is long. And as soon as he hit it, he was like, okay, let's tone it back. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of testing. Try to slow it does and test it with the new cutbacks. So. Yeah. 
and use a foam rubber lightsaber, not a metal one. Absolutely. Any questions? Uh, so does anybody in the group actually have a C-3PO costume and walks around with their remote and... <laughs> Not with the remote. Because 3PO's are the one size fits no one costume. <laughs> uh, and you can't see out of it. Uh, you through straws and you have like no mobility. So, so you pass the remote to somebody else and say, walk it with me. <laughs> yeah, so usually, usually I have a friend who has a 3PO costume. He's since moved to Georgia. Uh, but usually R2 is a scene I got like dog, so like he can barely see, so he just looks at R2 and I control R2 and he follows R2 where he needs to go. <laughs> Last question here. Uh, have you guys heard about the like, little mouse droids that you see on the ships? MSC 6. We do have a few of those, yeah. And a lot of it, uh, we have astromech.net as our main website for the R2 builders. There's a APDA builder site, there's a mouse droid builder site. Uh, yeah, we, we built those out there. They're, they're pretty awesome too. And there is a thread uh, also on the master deck about the mouse building also. So. And that's actually a good beginner one because basically you just take an RC car and you just get this little uh, plastic shell that uh, you can either make yourself or have someone make for you and just slap it on and just get some details in your mind. So it is a good way to get your, uh, get your time in. So, so if you got any other questions, please feel free to stop by our booth. Look over at droids. We got, like I said, I got my red one up there that's fully open. You can look inside of it and ask us any questions you like. We're, we're, we like to share. We have no problem with that. So again, thanks for coming, guys. And uh, see you there. Thank you for listening to the Neverland podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Yeah! <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. 
Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.